What's up, Cardboard Nation? Welcome to another episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. I'm your host, Rob Bertrand. Thanks for joining us tonight. As always, my bald, charmed friend over there, Ivan Lovegren. Uh, it's growing in a little bit. I've seen you've made the commitment to let it grow. Good for you. I wouldn't say commitment. It's just, it, again, it's been so much work. Uh, work has been so crazy. Life has been so crazy. And getting it fixed is so much work that it's it's been, uh, it's accidentally growing in. I've been thinking, though, I should I shave it and let the top grow in? What do you think? Grow a mo- Yeah, do a mohawk. Yeah. Um, for those of you who may be newer and tuning in and have no clue why that even matters also, I literally just opened a package. Um, I had a full head of hair two two weeks ago. And I made a joke on social media about I would shave my head for $1,000 to charity. And pretty cool, I just opened, uh, we actually hit our goal a couple weeks ago and I shaved it. And I just opened from Top Shelf Breaks, who helped organize this, the check right here. So this is the check that's going to go to World Central Kitchen for uh, feeding frontline workers against COVID relief that all of you made happen. So. Um, you know, lots of fun shaving my head live on air. If you go back to our YouTube channel, you can see that from two weeks ago. Um, but thank you, everybody. That was really cool to unite and do something like that with all of our hobby friends. So, very cool. Uh, well, we kick things off tonight, as always, with this week's Go GTS Live Q of the Week poll, and it's pretty simple. Would you attend a national with no presence from the trading card manufacturers? Uh, there's speculation that with the tentative date moved to December, it's going to be hard to get uh, manufacturer support at that time of the year. Uh, nothing confirmed or verified, but uh, so wanted to get your thoughts. Would you still go? And um, hmm. almost 120 people weighing in before we went live and 61 percent, an overwhelming majority saying no. Uh, so if you haven't had an opportunity to vote in the poll, please do so. We'll update that periodically throughout the show. Also, Twitter is the way that we will draw winners at the end of the night for the various box break uh, that we do tonight and the hits that we will give away. So be not just box breaks, but is one of these a worldwide product preview? Am I wrong in that? I'm looking at a brand I haven't seen out there yet. It is. We do have a world Ooh. worldwide box break debut of the first post-COVID <laughs> crisis product to hit the street from Panini America. Chronicles Football, the last 2019 uh, football product of the year. Uh, so we'll get a look at that in a worldwide box break debut later in the program. That's awesome. And we'll give away the hits from there. So make sure, again, you go to twitter.com slash go GTS live and follow us uh, there because that does dictate uh, the randomizer checks if you follow or not. So you got to make sure you're following and we'll have little bits throughout the show for how you enter as those come up. All right. Sounds good. So what's on your mind in the hobby this week, Ivan? Um, we don't have a guest this evening, and we have a little bit of time. I know there's been some opinionated conversations going on about some various topics. What's on your mind? Huh. Well, Rob, funny you should ask, um, because if you know me at all from Twitter or even Instagram, there are some of us out there on Instagram, or even Facebook, 
Uh, you may have noticed I've been talking a lot about what I see other people talking about and people responding about, which is Tops Project 2020. Oh, is that over yet? No, it's barely even begun. In fact, oh. uh, I think today was cards maybe 70 or 75 out of 400 cards. Oh, my gosh. This is going to go on forever. Are you sick of it, Rob? I'm a little sick of it only because it seems to be clogging up my timeline um, as one of the only, maybe the only hobby conversation. And quite frankly, I've been very upfront. The majority of the cards just aren't for me. Um, out of everything I've seen, Blake Jameson's work is something that resonates with me. Uh, but I will admit that the number of people who haven't collected that are purchasing these cards, talking about it, is certainly a positive for the hobby and something that really Tops deserves some kudos for. But I also understand why some maybe traditional focused collectors might be getting sick of the dialogue. I also am curious to know if it would be as big of a deal if this whole quarantine COVID thing had never happened. I mean, we'd been talking about other product releases maybe instead of this. I think I could be wrong, but you know, I, I have a yin and yang love hate thing going on with it, but you seem all in. Well, so here's, here's what I have to say with that, Rob, which is a, a little bit challenging. Um, I do not disagree one that this is a slightly bigger story because of that. And you say I'm all in. Well, I am all in on the story. I don't like every single one. In fact, I think I was telling you before the show, um, I got the Jacob Rochester Cal Ripken and it fell a little flat for me. Um, it feels like the artist sunk back in the card instead of popping. Um, even this really cool neon uh, Matt Taylor, Ricky Henderson, this one I feel like should have been on Chrome design. If this were on Chrome, I don't care, Rob. You would have you would be dying for it. Yeah, it's that's pretty cool. It's cool, but it actually falls a little flat. That said, I have also encountered that about ninety percent of the ones that I have boughten are much cooler Is that a in word? person than the image. Is that a word? I just used it. Yeah, that doesn't make it a word. Yeah, you hurt my ears when when you said that. Um, all that to say, the the bigger thing is not just whether they're cool or not. They shouldn't all be cool. But what is so great about this project in my mind is the fact that even you, who hated maybe 90% of it, are like, oh, wait, those three cards were pretty cool. And that's the whole thing that I love about this is every single card has a different interpretation. Every artist gets to do every single card. So... You got to view the whole story in context of it shouldn't be nobody should be out there saying this is the greatest set ever because it's not. It is disjointed, but it has really cool appeal to various people and what it's doing. What's crazy is that I today on Twitter, I got at least five messages, either DMs or tweets at me and I retweeted them if they did. That said, I haven't bought a pack of cards in 25 years, and I saw these, and I went out and I, I ran to buy that Nolan Ryan, or I ran to buy that Frank Thomas. That's great. I mean, that that that's genuinely great. Yeah. And that's that's what a lot of this project is doing, aside from also, you know, the sneakerheads. It is bringing people back into the hobby that have been stuck away from it for a while, and I think it's really cool that, uh, you know, I don't think anybody needs to like all of them because I do or like any of them because I do. 
but I think if you're in the hobby and you like seeing, um, you know, collecting, you like seeing collecting grow, you should uh, respect the project at the very least and embrace those that it is bringing in and help them find the other products. Because I, I can almost guarantee you once the conversation shifts, we're going to talk about what's coming up in the hobby here shortly. Once Bowman hits, once Chronicles football hits, once we're showing new products that are more traditional, those eyeballs are still going to see them. Those new collectors are still going to see them. And that's how we bring it all together. So so don't be a hater. Let those people like what they like. Like you're always telling people traditional collectors. We've had that conversation before, too, you know true collector that term or um you know getting down on people for what they like live and let live and um know that this this story as you will will become a little bit more muted naturally as more things occur in the hobby so i think it's a good dialogue and um uh maybe we'll get some Maybe we'll do a poll question next week for some uh, additional conversation. I'll let you come up with something for the poll question related to Tops Project 2020 next week. How's that sound, Ivan? That sounds fun. Okay. It's the kind of project I like. All right. Well, we do have some other things going on in the hobby, and we cover them all in a segment we call Hobby Happening. So let's take a look at this week's news, notes, and nuggets in Hobby Happenings. Well, if you've been, this one hurts. <laughs> if you've been preparing a shipment of cards to Comp C like I have been, don't. At least not for a while. The company announced an immediate suspension to their most frequently used 12-week processing service. The company is currently running four to five weeks behind processing incoming orders and took this step in order to help clear up the backlog. Uh, so for more information and when this is lifted, just be sure to follow CompC on social and pay attention to their blog where they announce everything like this. One of the most iconic trading card sets in the history of the hobby returns this week as a Tops online exclusive. <laughs> Come on, Rob, how's this for an alternative to Project 2020? Watch this video. dynamic-looking Topps T206 packs cost $15 each through the Topps website and include eight base cards per pack and two parallels. There are 50 cards per series with five series planned to make up the set with a chance at rare on-card autographs. Though I also wouldn't hold your breath, Babe Ruth may be on the set checklist. I doubt he's one of the on-card autographs. Again, they're available now at tops.com. Well, one of the rarest baseball cards from Shoeless Joe Jackson's actual playing days sold for $492,000 in Heritage Auctions' <laughs> recent sale. The T210 Old Mill card from 1910 is considered to be Jackson Joe Jackson's rookie card by most collectors. 
After 110 years in the same North Carolina family, we are very glad to help it find a proud new owner, said Chris Ivey, Heritage's Director of Sports Auctions. For more on that, check out Sports Collector's Daily article. Well, not everything is closed. Beckett announced that starting yesterday and again tomorrow, the company will have a limited window for pickup and drop-off each week between 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. for local customers. They will be accepting submissions for both grading and authentication. Note, all paperwork must be completed prior to arrival, so make sure you go to their website and download the requisite forms before just showing up with 100 cards. Yeah. A company we've been watching closely on this show is Rally Road, which specializes in selling fractional shares of high-end blue-chip collectibles. Well, last week it took about three minutes for the company to sell out of $1,040 shares of a PSA 10 Michael Jordan rookie card. So with a market valuation of $40,000, owners have already more than doubled their money on paper. Reason being, another version in the same grade sold via auction last week for $96,000. That card's not done dancing, that's for sure. Right? Well, I don't know if the hobby needed or wanted them, but here they are. <laughs> Inspired by the Netflix hit documentary Tiger King, Leaf Trading Cards has produced an officially licensed trading card of Howard and Carol Baskin, the inspirations behind the documentary. They are available on the Leaf website for $8 plus tax and shipping. There is also a bulk discount available for quantity orders and have already sold over 1,500 of the 3,000 card print run. Go figure. I guess there's more interest than we thought. One of the most impressive collections of baseball cards ever seen is coming to market through Wheatland Auctions. A 97-year-old man, a New Jersey native, affectionately referred to in his family as simply Uncle Jimmy, passed away in March. Hmm. He left behind a 80-year-old collection dominated by autographed Gaudi cards, including six of Babe Ruth alone. An extensive article posted on Sports Collectors Daily reveals the meticulous storage and record-keeping Uncle Jimmy employed in cataloging and preserving his collection. Be sure to read the full article for more details about this amazing treasure. It was There's so much in there. It's a great read, more than I could fit into this segment. Well, that's why we love sites like Sports Collectors Daily as well. Oh, hey, guess what? They have another report that's worth noting. Uh, apparently, the backlog of orders waiting to be graded at PSA now exceeds not one million served, one million backlogged. That's right. One million <laughs> oh cards gosh. in the backlog, with some collectors reporting wait times of over a year turnaround. The partial shutdown during April due to the COVID-19 crisis certainly didn't help matters either. Collectors Universe President and CEO Joe Orlando stated in the company's recent quarterly earnings call that some of the early efforts made during our operational revamp are helping improve efficiency, 
but the PSA submission backlog continues to grow to unprecedented levels. Despite this, PSA did record fiscal third quarter earnings increase of 17%. (laughs) It's amazing. Demand, demand, demand. (laughs) Well, with card shows being postponed, Upper Deck announced that they are bringing the uh, Upper Deck authenticated monumental experience to the Upper Deck online store. A limited amount of multi-sport monumental boxes will be available this coming Tuesday, May 19th. There will be five signed UDA pieces in each box with a cost of $1,200. I'd be interested in the rollout method on those. Uh, They always sell out at the National. I wonder what the um, strategy is timing-wise to get one. Sorry, I'm letting my eyeballs get away from me with uh, how beautiful those monumental boxes look. Uh, Hey, have you been dying for sports? Well, guess what? They're back. And Panini America will once again be riding shotgun with Gray Galding for two upcoming races that will be a pivotal, pivotal part of racing's highly anticipated restart. Galding will be making his season NASCAR Cup Series debut in primetime during the May 20th race at Darlington Raceway. And then again, four days later, he will drive in the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. In both races, he'll be driving in the number 27 Panini Ford Mustang. The next scheduled Panini America NASCAR trading card release date is still TBD, but hopefully they get some great content at those two races no doubt well episode two of upper decks the card show by nick wasika is out now i had a chance to watch it yesterday and it's great here's a teaser check it out In any line of work, no matter how cool it may be, there are parts you love and parts you don't. Same holds true for photography. I love the upfront part of the process. You know, when the images are actually made, the fun, exciting, adventurous part. The grind for me is the editing portion of the photographic equation. And right now, I have a lot of grinding to do. How much, you ask? Well, let's find out. In you go. Up next. Your turn. Put you in. Eight gigs. Little guy. Last one. Now let's add this up. Carry the one. 16,000 frames. Oofta. My name is Nick Wasica. I'm a photo addict with a sports problem. And this is the card show. Our poll question tonight was on the National Sports Collectors Convention, and if you would attend one, depending on who showed up from the manufacturer side, well, after the announced postponement last week of the National Sports Collectors Convention from August to potentially December, Jeff Wilson and his team at Sports Card Investor announced plans to host a free live online sports card convention during the original national convention dates of July 29th to August 2nd. This free event will be called the Virtual Sports Card Con 2020, aka the Virtual. 
During these five days, SCI will be live streaming with dealers, breakers, manufacturers, and special guests from across the country on YouTube and Instagram. Collectors will have a chance to see the cards and products dealers were going to sell at the National, and dealers will be able to sell those cards live in real time during the broadcast, all for free. Visit sportscardinvestor.com for more information. Very cool. A few things definitely want to unpack uh, here. First, a follow-up on that little story. Oh, and uh, thank you very much. Yes, and that's a look at this week's hobby happenings, sort of, because definitely want to talk about a couple of these stories in further detail. First off, I read the blog post from sportscardinvestor.com and the page dedicated to uh, the virtual. And really... um, other than getting their name out there and the benefit that that obviously comes with, they're not charging anybody to view it. They're not charging the dealers a percentage of sales, uh, just really a community effort. And so hats off to them. Sounds like a great idea too. Yeah. Um, Second thing, the T206 product, it's been about 10 years since we saw uh, Topps release a a T206 product and, even longer yeah no it's been like 10 years but what was interesting about that um it was my boss's idea who worked at tops at the time to originally bring that product back in a modern day format so i think it's so funny all these years now later to see it coming back as an online exclusive offering and obviously we've been talking about this for the last couple of years as we've been watching the number of online exclusive offerings from both panini and tops uh, but primarily tops uh just continue to ramp up and uh it just seems like they're printing money hand over fist with this method of direct to consumer ivan well it does seem like they're printing money in a sense um obviously some of these products the project 2020 cards for example are uh 19 99 for one card that said it is a thicker card thicker stock ships in a one touch uh with a box I'm not saying that they're losing money by any means, but I also think it's really interesting that, uh, you know, we talked last week and we've talked about some of the celebrity artists. Well, is that something they can afford because of the exclusivity of that type of card and the cost? Um, While a pack at $15 for T206s, now you're reducing the margins a little in veteran autographs. So those are going to have some cost to the company. So I don't know all the logistics, but I do think it's very interesting the shift, but as well as how we're seeing some stronger content, hopefully backing up that shift in some ways. They're not just, uh, um, well, (laughs) actually we could get into that. Uh, I just got my Bowman first edition packs and I noticed that many of the autographs I've seen, I didn't get any, but uh, many of the autographs I've seen were very streaky. And so there's discussions of were they quality controlled autographs that were pulled and put into this product as filler. So so really, it is a discussion worth having. I don't know. You got, you got me a little surprised, so I went on a ramble. But what are your thoughts? What do you think about the, um, the quality versus quantity versus cost of some of these online offerings? Uh, I, I think it's, I think it's been good in the sense for, I mean, obviously it's an opportunity for manufacturers to reach out and connect direct to consumers. And we have heard that, you know, 
even people that don't have a hobby shop, some people don't, you know, live within a half hour, 45 minutes of even a Target or a Walmart. So online is how they collect. So by coming up with things that, you know, are direct to consumer, I think it's... It certainly is going to be a challenge for local card shops in the sense that, you know, collectors have a finite amount of dollars and they have to decide where to spend it. So, but I mean, you, you can't behoove the manufacturers for trying some new things and making money. Um, one of the other things I wanted to talk about was the valuation of the Michael Jordan card. I think Rally Road might have been better suited um, knowing what was happening with the last... I mean, I don't know. The, t the timing of that IPO on that just kind of shocked me because they set a price without really knowing what the next realized price is going to be. Uh, so they... I mean, I think they cheated themselves out of some money there, but the thousand collectors who got in on it, I think, got a really good deal. Well, absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, that I can be a little skeptical of unregulated investments um, because I come from a background where it's highly regulated and we have very strict standards. Actually, um, actually, Ivan, if you've taken any look at the Rally Road rep website, I mean, there are there is a prospectus for every single thing. It is entirely regulated. Just to apply for an account, you have to provide your social security number for tax purposes. I have understood your hesitation about using the term investment in the past, but if you take a deep dive into this company, you're going to see that they they got ahead of the issues that you were concerned about. It's pretty interesting. Well, the biggest issue is that valuation one and how often are they how much are they inflating assets and is it clear how much they're inflating assets and i don't want to pull out stuff right now but there it's one of the reasons i don't often talk about certain companies and that's one of them so all that to say i think that it's fair that they aren't making a giant profit off of the card versus the actual people that are investing in the card i think that's actually a fair thing and i'm i'm glad to see it versus what I've seen with some other offerings from similar companies, no companies to be named. But um, so, I, you know, yeah, maybe the company itself could have made more money, but I think it's really a good thing that in a good case yeah. like this, it's been uh, passed on to those that are getting what they thought they were buying instead of getting something that's already inflated. Yeah, so I was really happy to see that. And now we also have a, a an actual comp between, <coughs> excuse me, uh, in 2006-2007 FLIR, Upper Deck bought back some Michael Jordan um, rookie cards and had Jordan sign them. And... One recently sold this past week for $125,000. So it's, it's Props to the people that had that idea at Upper Deck. Right? So now... Maybe friends of mine. <laughs> so now we, we... If we could get an idea of, okay, what's, what's a top condition card worth? And what's a top condition card with Jordan's signature on it worth? We're now getting like... Uh, I mean, just what a bump 
that card gets because it's got Jordan's autograph on it. I mean, absolutely incredible. Number one, $96,000 for the PSA 10. Then you get an autograph copy for $125,000. I mean, people just cannot get enough Jordan right now. Oh yeah. Uh, and I'm actually, I'm, I'm not the expert here. Things have been so crazy at work and at home. I am three episodes behind on the last dance. Don't spoil it for me. I don't want to know what happens. Do they win the finals? Do they not win the finals? <laughs> Keep it secret. But um, yeah, it's it's absolutely insane right now. And uh, I think, uh, gosh, where was it? Did you see the somebody did an uh, an interview with Nat Turner, who's one of the foremost Jordan collectors out there, a successful Chicago uh, Tribune. Yeah, the Chicago Tribune did a did an article on it, and it's just really cool to see how much sports cards have been in the media as a whole and then how much um, f- for years I've been hearing people say why all this prospecting why when are the old rookies going to get love and us being stuck at home and not having live sports and not having spring training and prospects and things of that nature there's been an incredible shift back to that highlighted by the Jordan documentary the announced Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa documentary. Uh, Rob, I saw a Sammy Sosa 1990 upper deck rookie sell for over $200 today on eBay. Jeez. Do you know how many of those I pulled from packs back in the day? Oh my God. Why wasn't I calling a PSA in 1992? That's the, that's the real question here. Yeah, it's crazy. And I'm glad, um, you know, it seems like we're in a cycle where every story has some sort of positive spin to it, which is so much better than some of the other cycles we've been through when it comes to mainstream media attention for this hobby we love. All right. Um, and that's why there's a million card backlog at PSA is because everybody's right. ripping their 99 cent packs of 1990 upper deck to try and submit Sammy Sosa cards. All right. So like many of you, I'm sure some of you are missing playoff hockey. I know we are here at GoGTS Live. And uh, so with a little throwback Thursday action, there's been some rumors that if and when the season resumes, Henrik Lundqvist may announce his retirement. And so here's an awesome throwback Thursday off the post edition with... Henrik Lundqvist, after the second round Game 7 win over the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2014, they would go on to the Eastern Conference Finals and on to the Stanley Cup Final as well. Check this out, and we'll be back with a look at Hot in the Shop. Yeah, probably. What a feeling. We battled so hard as a team our last three games. And after losing that fourth game, you know, it was tough. You know, we got such a good start in the series, and then we had a big letdown coming home after you know, the two games here. Um, but when, when you face a challenge like that, you know, it's about how you... How you answer, and we just did it the right way. We came together as a group and uh, played a really smart game. 
Obviously, it really helped getting to lead Aces team. It's it's a different game because they, you know, they come so hard, they come fast, and, and if we're trying to be creative and you know go for a couple of times that they're pretty fast, they're making us pay for that. So when we get to lead, we can sit back a little bit and, and, and wait for their mistakes, and then we go. Can you put into words with that? Last ten minutes, last two minutes, what, what all of that was like? You know what? They were coming hard. I, I tried just to not think about the result, not think about the consequences, just see it as a challenge for me to just stay in there and focus on the right thing. But it was hard, because you know it's, it's, it's getting closer and closer. Um, you need some bounces, for sure. You know, and then we earned them tonight by working really hard. I was so tired in the end, but it was just a great feeling. When you know it's it's a done deal, and we did it. You know, we came back from from a three-one. Um, I think what we did really well. We stayed in the moment. And we just took, took period by period, and, and it helped us get back into this. I've heard you refer to tracking the puck and how well you track pucks in some nights. It seemed as though you were doing that maybe as well as you possibly can. Well, it's a combination of me really fighting for the puck and uh, having guys in front, boxing guys out, I mean, to see the puck and uh, get to lose pucks. And, and it's just a great feeling when you feel like we're on the same page. You know, we're working together out there. And, uh, it's not only the D in front, you know, it starts with the forwards, uh, how they manage the puck and help out. Every little play matters. So, you know, a couple blocks that might not seem as important, but every little play matters, especially tonight. So, you know, that's the best part about hockey when you, when you win something, something really important when we do it together as a whole. Do you watch? Out of the Rusk Cohen, a.k.a. Sportsology Archives, came that interview. Thanks for uh, keeping us supplied with fresh content, Russ, despite this whole stoppage of real sports. Um, yeah, pretty pretty cool. We'll see what happens so, with Lundquist after the season resumes. Yes, sir. Oh, I was just going to say on top of that, um, Rob, I... You know, I was trying to find confirmation bias or or the opposite of it. I'm I'm open to being told I'm wrong um, on Chronicles, and so I checked out the mentions, and our Twitter mentions were pretty fire with uh, Donnie S uh, saying it looked great, the real D Pan saying it looked great, and then I took advantage of some more time during that. I mentioned I was on David Adams' site trying to buy a box. I couldn't find it on the site, which is probably my problem. But then I went to blow out cards to find it, and they were sold out under the pre-order. So I'm <laughs> curious if they're not just like people are as hungry as me and or it looks as good. And it's not even available on the first level of the secondary market anymore. So Crazy. Crazy. Um, wow. I will find a box, though, I promise. Which makes it even more special uh, that we were able to get our hands on some. Yeah. But so also, again. just a reminder, make sure you go to our Twitter. If you didn't mention us in a tweet, that's fine. But if you want a chance to win the hits that we've talked about, that we've shown, you have to follow us there and retweet the tweets that we have up. Psst, 
you get a bonus entry if you retweet the pinned tweet. Don't tell anyone I told you that. Um, but that's where we draw the winners from. So. Uh, and one quick other note since we're uh, talking. Uh, 164 votes, still 62% to 37 saying, nah, if Thompson, Panini, and Upper Deck and Leaf don't go, I'm not going to the National. We'll update that one more time before the end of the show. And if you haven't weighed in, please do so. But for now, let's take a look at new products releasing next week with hot in the shop and we kick things off with mosaic nba basketball cards for 2019-20 delivering one autograph card plus five silver prisms 15 mosaic prisms and 20 inserts in every box mosaic is back with an expanded release this year find a larger base set with an incredible variety of photography inserts parallels and skews yes skews we're going to talk about the hobby version be sure to visit gogts.net to check out the fast break retail version and the blaster configuration as well so one autograph card look for a very strong checklist of rookies current stars and retired greats in autograph mosaic and rookie autograph mosaics available in three tiers including gold and black parallels numbered to as low as one of one five silver prisms incredibly popular it's been great to see secondary market value on non-autograph cards so you're going to find five of those plus 15 mosaic prisms. Those are obviously exclusive to this product. Look for a stunning lineup of parallels. Uh, and outside that, got some mosaic red, blue, purple, white, gold, and black. It was originally scheduled for a 422 release, but it's going to be in stores next week. Woo! Oh, Rob, don't stop the cheering. Don't stop the cheering, because not only do we have the first basketball product in a long time, well, we also have one of the year's most anticipated baseball products, the always hot, the always high in demand, 2020 Bowman Baseball is releasing this next week. Um, I can actually show you a semi-preview of some of the cards in hand because my first edition packs arrived today, so you can see what they actually look like. Um, but yes, retail, hobby, we are all getting the much-anticipated Bowman. Um, if you want details, go to gogts.net to see the various breakdowns. There is a hobby configuration that has 12 boxes per case, 24 packs, uh, and one autographed chrome card. Or there is a jumbo configuration, which has eight boxes with 12 packs with 32 cards per pack and three chrome autographed cards in every box. There's a 150 card base paper and base chrome prospect set. Uh, and of course, these are where you find the hottest cards, the first Bowman card of the hottest prospects with a checklist that includes this guy, Jason Dominguez, who we've already talked about on the show tonight. He is hot, hot, hot. Um, there's base cards, there's inserts, there's shiny chrome. I mean, if you don't know about Bowman, where have you been? 
but now you know also. Uh, one of the fun things, hobby-exclusive All-American game autographs, which features some of the first autographs of these players ever obtained back when they were playing in the All-American game. There is also a number to 10 Bowman Ultimate Autograph book card with multiple, multiple autographs on it. That would be really exciting to find. And a smattering of 1990 Bowman buyback autographs paying tribute to the 1990 Bowman set. So, so much to chase in this. Uh, it's going to be lighting up. If you were tired of talking about Project 2020, don't worry. The conversation will shift next week when Bowman hits. Hey, and that's not the only baseball product uh, hitting store shelves and online retailers next week. In fact, if you prefer all shiny products with a few more hits in them, <laughs> you're in luck because Panini's Select Baseball for 2020 releases next week as well with two autograph cards plus two memorabilia cards and nine parallels in every box. New for 2020, Select Baseball is going to deliver top prospects, rookies, and stars on that always highly sought-after OptiChrome technology. So two autograph cards to look for, X-Fractor Material Signatures, featuring 20 guys who can turn a game at any point, and rookie signatures, rookie jersey autographs, select signatures of top prospects and current stars, and look for the hobby-exclusive Cracked Ice Parallels, launch angle autographs showcasing power hitting machines and signature materials combos and then rookie jumbo swatches are something to be looking for out of your two memorabilia cards including jumbo swatches lots of fun inserts including sparks and a grace base set with three different tiers over 250 players in the overall base set and hobby exclusive parallels in select baseball and then rounding out the year, we do have an exciting memorabilia product. <laughs> rounding out the week, sorry, I'm getting so far ahead of myself with 2020. Uh, we have <laughs> 2020 Leaf Memorabilia Vault. Each box is going to feature 10 memorabilia items featuring a dazzling collection of highly collectible memorabilia, a vast majority of which are also autographed items. This is an array of items from sports, entertainment, politics, and history. So they didn't just open up one aisle of the vault, they opened up the entire vault. You can see their signed basketballs, uh, helmets. Uh, oh gosh, I could just read the list or go on and on and on. Um, boxing gloves, index cards and cut signatures, celebrity high school yearbooks, always a fun one. Uh, Walter Payton jerseys, Han Solo autographs, uh, Harrison Ford, I should say, Zion Williamson, Tom Brady. Uh, it's going to be packed. It's going to be packed. This is the kind of product that during times like this, when they go into the vault and are bored, they stuff more stuff in there. So look for that with your favorite breaker or at your favorite hobby shop, or just go out and buy a box for yourself to rip. That'd be lots of fun. <coughs> yeah. In hobby shops this week. Uh, one of the one of the most fun um, window shopping uh, breaks I've ever done was watching Mojo break uh, open a couple cases of this uh, last year or year before last. Really cool stuff. That's a look at what's going to be hot in the shop. All right. Well, Ivan, I don't know if you've heard of this gentleman, but 
the Last Dance has brought obviously a lot of news. We've talked about it tonight as well mm-hmm. over the last several weeks around Michael Jordan and Chicago Bulls related memorabilia. Well, one collector is attempting to acquire a ticket from every game Michael Jordan has ever played in. Check out this video. And now, Local 10 Sports with Will Manso. Well, millions of sports fans have watched the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, over the last few weeks. But for one Heat season ticket holder and a huge NBA fan, he has actually been documenting Jordan's career for years now in a unique way. The Last Dance has sparked Michael Jordan nostalgia. In Chicago area, he was everything. But for Andrew Goldberg, uh, Jordan's career has never been too far from his mind. The Miami resident has been on a quest since his childhood in Chicago to get a ticket stub from every game Jordan ever played during his NBA career. Probably when I was in junior high, and I just started keeping them. I didn't think to go find any um, at the time. I just thought to keep the ones that I had. About five years ago, he decided to take the next step in his collection and go for them all. At the moment, it's very conceivable that I do have the biggest Michael Jordan ticket stub collection in the world. I currently have 878. And it's not just the ticket stubs, it's the stories that come with every ticket. Um, One of uh, Jordan's key games, the fluke game, game five of the 1997 NBA Finals. So, yeah, this is this is a. the 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 bigger the story of the game the bigger the price to try to buy it pay anywhere from a dollar to maybe fifteen dollars for a non-key game there's going to be second or third tier with some of those it can get into the hundreds of dollars uh the debut ticket um in the last year it sold for uh, about thirty three thousand dollars and you have that i do not have that one that one i would love to have It's just one of less than 400 he needs to complete his dream collection. I believe I can because they exist. Uh, He's gotten this far and he's got plenty of them. Goldberg says that when he does complete that collection, he wants it possibly displayed maybe at the United Center in Chicago where the Bulls play their home games or maybe even at the Basketball Hall of Fame. Now, he needs your help. He said that if you have old ticket stubs from the Jordan days and games he played, maybe games here in Miami, contact him so you could do that. Look for me on my work Twitter page, Will Manso, W-P-L-G. Tweet me there. I'll get you guys connected, and maybe you could help him out in his search. In Miami Beach, I'm Will Manso. Very cool. Mr. Andrew Goldberg, what a quest. We're actually probably going to be talking to him on the program here um, in the next couple of weeks, so... That'll be cool. We covered some incredible ground tonight with Project 2020, with cards coming out, with auctions, with Rally Road, with uh, box breaks, giveaways, product previews. What am I missing? Um, What more could you ask for? Exactly. Uh, You have 42 minutes left left to vote in the poll, so if you haven't already, please do so. Uh, but not much change, 62.8 to 37.2% with 172 total votes in so far. Would you attend a national with no presence from the trading card manufacturers? And almost 63% saying no. Uh, next week, I've got a special surprise for you guys. Uh, I have a Zoom interview call with... W former WWE superstar Mickey James. 
and we will be playing that in its entirety live on the program Thursday night next week. Uh, we will also have more box breaks, more hot in the shop, more video segments, more hobby happenings, and more hobby banter that you guys love. Thanks, as always, to my co-host and behind the scenes, James Gale. So for the team here at GoGTS Live, we're out of here, but we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of GoGTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. In the meantime, do you know what to be doing? Of course you do. Always be collecting. Good night, everybody.